Say one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You're listening to Song and Story, conversations with songwriters about their songs. You can support this project on Patreon, and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at songandstorypodcast.com. This episode of Song and Story has been a long time coming. Our featured guest is singer-songwriter Sarah Kroger. Her music and her voice are absolutely beautiful. We'll kick into the episode in a minute, but first, I want to share a quick thought and a story to set the mood. When I say that this episode has been a long time coming, we actually recorded this conversation almost a year ago. At a certain point, so much time passed after its recording that it just made sense to me to release this episode around Valentine's Day, for reasons that will be obvious. But what's funny about having recorded this episode so long ago is how much things have changed. Here's a snippet of our conversation. Sarah and I had really only met two or three times prior, and she had just asked me if my wife and I had any kids. We have the three kids. The oldest just turned four last week. So oh, wow. we're trying to sleep in the midst of everything. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, the oldest turned four? Yes. And you have three. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just like that just computed in my head. Like that's <laughs> that's a lot. She was right. Three kids under the age of four is a lot. And almost a year after that conversation, we are now mere days away from having four kids under the age of five. My wife is expecting baby number four. This pregnancy has been particularly hard on her, and I am confident that my mind and body would crumble to dust amid such duress. I am filled with awe and gratitude for all that she's put her body through to bless our family with the gift of life. Now, here's the story. A couple weeks before Christmas 2018, my wife and I were confronted with a problem. Without going into the details, it falls under the category of home ownership woes. Homeownership woes generally involve money, and disagreements about money are a constant and major strain on marriages. My wife and I were both frustrated and couldn't agree on a fix, and I didn't have time to stay home and come to a resolution about what to do or who to call because I was running late. I had to go set up for a concert in Dayton that I was hosting for Sarah Kroger. When I left the house, I was angry and being loud about it. The last thing I wanted to do was be around other people and force myself to mingle and be a cordial host. And it was in this context, in the midst of this difficult marriage moment, that, by the grace of God, I heard this song for the first time. Hey everyone, it's Sarah Kroger, and I am from Nashville, Tennessee. And this is a song I put out a few years ago called I Choose You. From the first it was a storm But we stood and braved the heavy sky 
Sought the sun until it met our eyes. You and I, we had a choice, and so we made it. The vow is love, and nothing breaking. Oh, and love. Should be. I will choose you. And when love is a storm, through the fire or the flood, still I choose you. I choose you. So if stones and arrows fly, love will be the shield that gets us by. You and I. For our dwelling will be light, and our daily bread He will provide for you.
So yeah, say something. Is that better? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm just sitting in my car. Dom is getting a tattoo and I'm sitting outside of the parlor. <laughs> is he really? What's he getting? Um, he has always wanted a half sleeve, so he's getting a half sleeve then. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. It's pretty That's intense, awesome. but I I think tattoos are pretty cool, and so I just I approved it, and he was like, "All right, I'm doing it." So That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> my my brother-in-law got one. Really? Years years ago, and when he told me that he got one, I was like, "No, man, come on." Just like it just wasn't really a him thing to do. And, yeah. and I asked my sister if she approved of it. And she said it's it's really funny, <laughs> and I, I said really. She goes, yeah, it's it's really funny. And what he got was where like you would look if if you were looking at someone where they're flexing their muscle. Yeah, he got a stick figure flexing <laughs> his muscle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like you could you could draw it with a sharpie, uh, and it would look. It's so funny. So it's just but like that. It's not like a massive. It is like... a no. It is like. It's like the size of your thumb. It's a stick figure flexing oh his muscles. So it's just got like a little cone above his arm, like a stick cone to represent the muscle. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's good. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. not brave enough to get a tattoo. Otherwise, maybe I would, but I don't know. They hurt. That's not fun to me. Like, why would you do that to yourself, really? Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I have no desire to do it. Yeah. But. It looks cool though. It looks very cool. So Yeah. I'll give him that. <laughs> That's so funny. It is. So when you were here in Dayton in December, yeah. if I seemed at all off <laughs> and I think maybe this is why uh this song moved me so much when you played it. Um first, it's a beautiful song. Thank you. And your voice is and I don't say this often, it's perfect. Oh, Thank you. You're so sweet. But I think one of the reasons that this song hit me the way it did is because when I left my house that afternoon to to kind of go down and meet you meet you guys in the church basement, uh, I was like I was yelling mm. and I was ang- and I was angry mm. and not not like not at my wife. Right. It it wasn't directed towards her. I was just pissed like I was in a bad mood and I felt bad because I had yelled and we were arguing and all that stuff and, mm. and so then you played this song and it just kind of moved me to this place of grace and peace so I'm not going to leave all that in the episode <laughs> um, no but that's that's amazing um, that really means a lot to just because people have said to me before you know like this song really has moved me or has been really um you know beneficial in our relationship or whatever but they never tell me like a specific instance like that you know when um when they just really needed to hear it you know um they don't give me the details the nitty-gritty details but i wish that they did i wish that more people were brave enough to talk about the struggle of marriage because it is really incredible and it's such a blessing and i love it it's my favorite thing that i've ever been a part of you know but it is hard. It is so hard. Um, and I don't like, I don't want people who aren't married yet and who are wanting to get married to hear that and think there's no hope for me. Like I, all that I'm, I'm going to wait this whole time to get married and then I'm going to get married and then it's going to be really hard and it's going to suck. And it's like, okay, 
yes, you can hear me in that way, but also marriage is refining and it's sanctifying. And so anything that's sanctifying is going to be hard. The parts of you that are uh, terrible and the parts of you that no one else really sees that need to be refined, get refined, you know, um, by another person and by the sacrament and by just being and doing, being together and doing life together. And so even though it is hard, it's like the best kind of hard, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Where exactly did it come from? Because you kind of mentioned this uh, when I saw you live. Yeah, so I, um, it's funny because, so my husband, um, when we were dating, I sang in the church choir growing, you know, when, when we were in youth group together. That's how we met. We were in youth group together. Um, and so I sang at the church in the church choir, and he always um, would come to Mass and listen to me sing. And this was long, long, long before we ever started dating. It was just kind of when we were getting to know each other. Um, and so I was a part of the choir and a part of music ministry for many years when he was kind of being formed as a teenager. And, um, and I led the worship at our youth group and all kinds of stuff like that. And so it was very formative for him and, and, and really beautiful for him to pray with me. But when we started dating and then finally when we got engaged one day i remember him saying to me um well i've always wanted sarah kroger to sing at my wedding so can you make that happen and i, <laughs> <laughs> I was like uh if there's ever a day that i can take off i think it's my wedding day um i just didn't <laughs> yeah. want to sing like i just because I, I sing all the time and i was just like i want to just be able to experience it and so it was really amazing because we had amazing musicians, Josh Blakesley and um, James Rosenblum, who we were just talking about, was a part of the string yeah. section. I mean, it was like incredible. I could go have gotten to heaven in that moment. Um, and it was amazing. So, And I'm really glad that I didn't sing uh, during the ceremony, but I really, I wanted to surprise him with a song at the reception because, of course, I wanted to make his dreams come true, even though it was kind of, he was kind of joking about it, but I also knew that it would be really special for him. So... I had this chorus idea in my head and um, I didn't tell anybody, anybody that I was going to do this. Nobody knew that I was going to sing a song at the oh, reception. Really? Yeah. So it was really, um, it was very much top secret. Um, the only person that knew was my wedding planner because she needed to have the piano set up and a mic set up so that I could do it. Um, okay. And so, yeah, so I wrote this chorus came to, just came to me one day and then I just needed a little, a little bit of help finishing it. And so I asked my friend, Sarah Hart, who's another incredible writer. Oh yeah, yeah. Just if she would, cause she is, she's such an incredible lyricist and has a way of putting to lyrics ideas and things that I have, you know, ideas that I have that I, I can't figure out how to say it poetically. She's just, she, she can do it in an instant, um, way quicker than I can. So we wrote and we wrote it in an hour and we finished it and it was just so, it just embodied everything that I wanted to say. And I mean, obviously at that time, I didn't know what marriage was going to be like, but I knew that it was a choice and I knew that love was a choice um, and that I was going to have to choose Dom with God's grace every single day, you know, whether I felt like it or not. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to embody in the song. And I feel like we really accomplished that. So that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the you know the very first line is from the first it was a storm, (laughs) (laughs) but we stood and braved the heavy skies. Yeah. Is that a reference to just kind of how long it took you guys to start dating, or? (laughs) Well, it's it's a reference to a lot of things. It's interesting because no one's asked me specifically about that lyric, so I've never had to explain it. But <laughs> I get that a lot doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, but I'm I'm happy to be able to explain it. So at the beginning of our relationship, um, like I said, we had known each other for many years. We had been friends for maybe eight years before we ever started dating, and we had the same friend circle. And um, when we first started dating it was a little bit tumultuous among our friend group because a lot of people just didn't see it and they didn't really agree with it for whatever reason. I'm not even sure why, to be honest. It was just, there was a few friends that um, kind of told us that they had to walk away from our friendship if we were to date. Um, and I think oh, there was, really? yeah, I think there was, you know, just some, a lot of personal things, a lot of personal ties and, things that I'm not going to go into, but, but I think it was just, it was really hard for us because we had discerned it for a long time. We, because we had been friends for so long and we didn't want to just jump into something willy nilly because we didn't want to lose our friendship. Um, and at that time we had also started kind of touring together and doing ministry together. And so it was very, um, there was a lot of intertwining with our lives already. And so, starting to date was kind of like a risk like it was either gonna go really really well like this was gonna be it or it was gonna crash and burn and we were never gonna see each other again kind of thing you know um so that's where that line came from just the kind of tumultuous start to our relationship but choosing each other anyways you know yeah yeah and i i guess similarly you know my wife it it took me a little over three years before to get her to finally start dating me and and I know (laughs) I know during that time you know at at any given time she lived with four or five uh, different roommates Mm. and uh, all all at once and and I know that that there were some that were working against me Mm. during that time but I never really felt any bitterness towards them about that even though I knew because they're they're just trying to look out for her. Yeah. You know, they're they're trying to look out for their friend and and they just had a different perspective on it mm-hmm. um, than than she and I did. So it's that's one of those things that you kind of can't always blame people for when they try to intervene because Definitely. the hope is that they are looking out for your best interest. Yeah. I think honestly it it taught me so much. But one of the things that I realized through that process was that I truly was made to be in relationship with Dom, like that it we were made for each other in a sense, um, because I was pretty much a weakling when it came to that kind of stuff. Like if somebody told me that they didn't agree with an opinion that I had, let alone dating someone, you know, I would just be like, okay, fine. I just won't do it. You know, I'm very much a people pleaser and, um, very much like, I just want to keep the peace. I'm a nine on the Enneagram. If anyone knows the Enneagram, just peacemaker, like don't ruffle any feathers, just keep the peace. Um, and that forced me to stand up for myself and stand up for 
something that I felt like God had really um, invited us into and that was blessed by God and anointed by God and, and stand by it even when people were questioning it and even when people were pushing it back in our face and saying this isn't going to work or, you know, whatever it might be um, and trying to pick sides, you know, again. Um, so it was it it really helps me to realize, like, this is worth fighting for. Um, because I know that we're, we're meant to be together, you know? Um, so I, I hated it at the time. And I mean, there were nights where we would just cry on each other's shoulders cause it was so hard, but now going through that, we can, you know, look back on that time and recognize that it made us stronger for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you, what comes right after that is, um, we waited out the clouds, sought the, sought the sun until it met our eyes, mm-hmm. you and I. Um, is that maybe a combination of you, uh, I guess, of friends or people that had maybe vocalized disagreement coming around, but also you just maybe getting more comfortable and yeah and confident in the de- in the decision despite yeah definitely and also what happened around the time that we started dating as well as we um, we moved to Atlanta and so we kind of moved out of our normal friend group um, and started kind of we didn't move together and at the time we didn't move like we we told people we weren't moving for each other but we basically did um because i i needed to get out i needed to you know i kind of had a desire we lived in a very small town in florida and i had a desire to just experience what it was like to be in a city so we moved to atlanta um and dom got a job up there and so it was kind of like this new kind of fresh start where we were able to meet people as a couple like they knew us only as a couple they didn't even know us as individuals sure. so it kind of felt like yeah it kind of felt like the sun was meeting our eyes for the first time in a while um and like a fresh start and a breath of fresh air it was really nice that's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> so how long after you played it at your wedding did you wait to record it hmm. um I want to say about a year and a half. I wasn't sure if I was going to share it with people um, because it's, again, such a personal song and it was specifically written with our relationship in mind, obviously, you know, as we've been talking about even specifics to our story, you know, Um, right. But the more people that I would share it with just at concerts or whatever, they would ask me, is it recorded somewhere? Can I get it? Um, Can I get the sheet music so I can play it at a wedding? Like things like that. Um, And so because of that, I just decided, okay, this is this is bigger than just for the two of us. This definitely um, deserves to be out there in the world. So I think about a year and a half afterwards, um, I recorded it and I really for the lyric video I really wanted it to be this, like, I had this vision for it to be kind of a cinematic experience. So it wasn't just lyrics on a screen because the thing with this song is that the lyrics are are really what make it powerful. It's not even like the most bomb melody, you know, it's just pretty simple, but the lyrics are really what, what does it. And so I wanted to do a lyric video, but I wanted it to be kind of telling a story at the same time. So that's why it kind of has a cinematic element. There's two actors in it and, it's kind of like a love story unfolding in front of your eyes, you know, with the lyrics on top, which is kind of fun. Yeah, the the visuals complement it really well, which is sometimes tough to do. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was really proud of it. Yeah, so that's why, oh, how do I want to say this? The way that you sing it in this recorded track, how is it different 
from how you might have sang it at your wedding. <laughs> and the reason I ask is because it almost sounds, I, I don't want to say sad, mm. but it sounds solemn. Mm. You know, it, it sounds very serious. Like it, it sounds <laughs> like, it sounds like all of the the storms and the pain and the struggles that you could assume going into marriage. Yeah. It sounds like you you actually know what that's like now, <laughs> and but you're singing it anyway. You know, you're you're choosing anyway. Yeah, I I'm not sure if it was all that different at the wedding. It, I probably sounded a bit more nervous because I'd never sang it, <laughs> sang for people in a wedding dress, and you know, right. um, there's this video that we have a video of the actual moment from when I like surprised Dom with it. And he was bawling like a baby, which is so sweet. And I have no idea how I did not cry. I, I just didn't cry. I didn't do it. Um, but so probably maybe a little bit more timid or, or nervous or whatever, but it's interesting that you say it sounds sad. Um, just because I, the idea of, I'm hesitant no, no, no. I'm hesitant to settle on that word no maybe not sad maybe um weathered or um yeah yeah like as soon as you said that I got like the image of like um like an elderly person you know when you see an elderly person you see their scars you see wrinkles you see you know their age lines you see stretch marks you see all these kind of signs that they've been battered and gone through the storms of life but there there's such a beauty there too you know there's like a depth and a beauty yeah. and that's almost like what you conveyed by saying that and it, i've never heard someone say that to me like yeah it kind of sounds a little bit weathered um but that's like really incredible to hear you say that that that's kind of how it communicate or how it um comes comes across it's kind of cool yeah no not at all in a negative way, you know, right. in a very honest. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Because I think the song is very honest. Um, it came from a very honest place and an honest desire. Um, I didn't want it to just sound like, oh, happy-go-lucky, we're just going to get married and we're going to prance through fields of daisies and stare at each other's eyes and, you know, there will be chocolate fountains and unicorns and, you know, like, <laughs> it's just going to be paradise forever. Um, because that's just not the reality. That's not the reality. Um, so I, I hope that that is conveyed through the song itself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is. So, and the, the production on it, you know, I would say that you kept it minimalist. We did. Which, which suits it very well. I mean, as you said, the, the words, I would disagree with you that the melody isn't, isn't, uh, I don't know what word you used, but, um that the lyrics are, are really what make it powerful. It's not even like the most bomb melody, you know? It's just the most bomb melody. Bomb melody. I think this is one of those instances where the words themselves are complemented perfectly by, by the melody. And I know how, being familiar with your music, you are really good at rolling and bending mm. and doing a lot with notes. <laughs> well thanks <laughs> <laughs> you do it really really prudently mm -hmm. with this song in a way that that is right for the song oh good thank you for saying that that's that's sweet <laughs> i would like to think that too <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah well you should you should think it um 
There's the kind of litany after the second chorus. Yeah. I don't know if it's proper to call it a litany. Yeah, it kind of is. Just kind of the list of of all the things that you will choose. I will choose to love. Yeah. I will choose to serve you. I will choose to follow when I do not know the way. I will choose your heart. I will choose to open mine. I think that's a beautiful mm. way to kind of to carry on from that line. Mm-hmm. And then how you how you kind of wrap it up at the end. I will let you choose to love me mm-hmm. every day. Mm. You know, it's that that kind of mutual um, there can't be any semblance of coercion uh, <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. on anybody's part. Yeah, I that I will let you choose to love me every day. Um, I think when it comes, I mean, there's so much to unpack in that bridge, honestly. Um, some that I haven't even, some pieces that I haven't even really fully processed yet. Um, you know, we've only been married for three and a half years still. But I think one of the incredible parts of marriage is that you are in this relationship with somebody who's seeing you day in and day out, seeing you at your best and seeing you at your absolute weakest. And yet they still love you and they still choose you. Um, But you also have to let them, you know, like you also have to be open to letting them love you in the way that they, they love you, but also just to, to, to love you, to see you. Um, And vulnerability is, it's so hard um, to be vulnerable means to be woundable, you know? Um, And there's definitely pieces of marriage where you could like, because you have the inside track on somebody, you could totally poke at them and you know what what buttons to push to make them, you know, (laughs) whatever to make them really angry or um, hurt them really. But to be in marriage with somebody is to choose to be vulnerable, to choose to, allow yourself to be hurt, um, but also loved more deeply than you could have ever imagined possible, you know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I started, I wrote this song a couple weeks ago. I don't remember which uh, incident specifically that I kind of started working on it after, but it was after, you know, some, a disagreement um, that we had had and the lines that kind of came out of it for me were uh, I got a mouthful of blood from biting my tongue mm. I didn't bite so hard back when we were younger it ain't that <laughs> I got nothing to say <laughs> I, I want to speak with love but I don't know the way mm. and then I tried to kind of visualize it from her perspective just kind of knowing how difficult it is sometimes for my wife to kind of articulate what she's feeling and what she wants to say and the the line I came up with was, um, you got a head full of doubt from standing your ground and every word has the right to come back around. Mm. And that's like, uh, what's it called when you get arrested? The Miranda rights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You read your you rights. Know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have the right to remain silent. Mm. Everything you say can and will be used against <laughs> you in a court of law. Like... That is applicable. Yeah, you're having. <laughs> yep. In the court of law of marriage, <laughs> everything you say can and will be used against you. Totally. Oh man, it's really it's so easy to keep track of your wrong, 
earth has wronged you and just to bring those up and throw them in your, you know, in that person's face. But it, what's horrible, I mean, cause I've had, I mean, shocker, my husband and I fight every once in a while, you know, like <laughs> I'm yeah. just being honest. And I, it's like, there's no feeling in the world that compares to when you throw something in someone's face that you love and you see how just destroyed they are by a word that you say to them. I'm tearing up even thinking about it. Yeah. And how awful that makes you feel. You know, like it's like you have the power to use their words against them or you have the power to choose in grace to love them. Like, you know, to not do that and to to restrain yourself like you're saying and to bite your tongue. Um, but it is so hard to do that. I don't know what the yeah. you know, I the only way that I can get better at that is by remembering, <laughs> trying to remember every time that I'm in that situation. But it's so much easier to to try to just break someone down than it is to always choose to build them up, you know, when you have the ammunition, especially. Yeah. But there's nothing like that. There's There's nothing like seeing them just destroyed by a word that you say. It's horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess back to that couplet that kind of ends the litany, you know, that I will, uh, no, the, uh, the, I will let you choose to love me every day. Yeah. And one thing that, that my wife will say, you know, I'll, I'll see her say, oh, I'll say, I say, gosh, you look beautiful today. Or man, you look, you look beautiful, honey. Mm. And she'll just say, she'll say, I'm so glad you think so. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which is, it's kind of self-deprecating mm. on her part, but she's also, you know, she is legitimately grateful that that somebody exists to acknowledge that, mm -hmm. you know. And when I when I feel like I haven't been a good father today, if I've raised my voice more than normal, you know, mm. um, and she will just look at me and tell me that I'm a good father, and it's I I will kind of say. I'm really glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of rambling, but no, you know, no. you 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 use the term refining mm. uh, at the start of the conversation, and I think that you know, there's a reason that the cliche is to kind of refer to the other person as our better half. Right. It's it's always healthy to look at them that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think one of the reasons that we do that is because we know that we need someone to to make us better, to, right. to call us out, uh, on all the little things that nobody else ever sees. Right. Oh yeah. I, it's funny. Cause I was just talking to my husband about this a little bit last night. Um, cause he's re I mean, he's incredible at loving me well, but he's also really good at challenging me and things. Um, and not in like a bad way in a very loving, loving way because he sees, you know, ways that I can improve just like I see ways that he can improve. Um, but that is so hard to take. Sometimes it's hard to like, to feel like oh, I have all these things that I need to improve on and it just feels like hopeless sometimes. But my husband is super patient and, and just wants to see me become the best that I can be. And I want to see him become the best that he can be. And that's why marriage, it's almost like one of the main reasons I feel like God created marriage is so that we have someone like you're saying who can call out the best in us and call out the weak parts that we don't want anyone else to see that we don't think anyone else sees 
so that that can be, you know, kind of perfected and sanctified and, um, but that's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Um, before you played it in Dayton, your husband was sitting behind in the in the row behind me, and you started talking about his tendency to kind of leave <laughs> cl- leave clothes all over the all over the place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Do you need to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, I... This is a safe space. Everyone will hear it, so you can say whatever you want. I'm sure my husband will just love this, uh, <laughs> but it's on a podcast recording somewhere. No, I was just talking about how, uh, you know, sometimes... that Just the idea of choosing someone in love and how it's not always easy to do that necessarily, especially when they're driving you crazy or you're driving them crazy and... Um, you know, we all have these little tendencies, like when you're single, it doesn't matter how you wash a dish or put away your clothes or do the laundry or whatever. But when you are combining lives, you know, everyone has their own way of doing things and their own, um, you know, methods or, um, what's the word, uh, tendencies or, you know, schedules, whatever. So my husband, likes to leave laundry in random places around the house. I'm not really sure why he, I mean, and sometimes it is literally like a foot away from the hamper and he will not put his dirty laundry in the hamper. Um, he says it's for a good reason. He says it's cause he wants to wear that again, uh, to the gym or whatever before putting it in the hamper. But I'm like, uh, just put it in the hand, like just, just wash it if you think it's dirty or, you know, whatever. So that kind of thing. I mean, it's been really fun discovering little things about each other in marriage, but also <laughs> like, okay, that drives me absolutely, like absolutely nuts, you know, but I know that there's things that I do that drive him up a wall and he doesn't understand why I would do something a certain way. You know, it's just funny. It's really funny. Combining lives is, is it. It's a culture clash. Yes, it is. Because everyone's family is different. And even the way that you do holidays is different. And um, how you make dinner and who makes dinner and expectations, all these kinds of things. It's uh, People try to prepare you for this before you get married, but you can't, you can't, you can only prepare to a certain extent until honestly, you just need to get married to learn some of this stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. So three little things that are kind of directly, one of them, the first one's directly related to the clothes. When I proposed to my wife, I proposed on her front doorstep. Mm. Uh, She was living in Virginia and I don't know why I had been over there and she lived with, you know, four or five other women. And I I had used their kind of guest bathroom to take a shower because we were going to go out for the night. And when I finished the shower, knowing that I was going to be proposing in a matter of minutes, I actually went into her room and put my wet towel on her bed. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that that would bother her. And and I knew that I would make up for it uh, in, in just a very short time. That's so when, funny. <laughs> when I asked her to marry me. And so one of the things I said when I got down was, uh, can I put my wet towel on your bed <laughs> every day for the rest of your life? And she said yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> no, that's not a habit of mine. I don't actually do that. That's great. But when we were engaged, I did a little kind of 
backyard house concert in uh, in Philadelphia, and a friend of mine who had just gotten married was there, and uh, yeah, I told him, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting married in August, all this stuff, and he said, he said, yeah, man, it's great, it's great, it's yeah, man, you're gonna you learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> And I could tell there was a lot behind that. Uh, <laughs> that's the crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. You really do learn a lot about yourself. Sorry. I'm thinking like a million. This, this song makes me think of a, of a million things. <laughs> <laughs> Bono actually said this. He was talking about religion. He said, true religion does not let us fall asleep in the comfort of our freedom. Mm. And, you know, as, as you said earlier, that you, you try really hard not to take your marriage for granted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, there is a danger in that, you know, of, of getting too comfortable in the midst of that daily choice that you kind of don't think about it anymore. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I think when, when you, when you kind of, when you stop, I, you know, when we were dating early on, I, I would ask, I would say things to my wife, like, like, how you doing, honey? What do you, what do you need? You know, and every once in a while, uh, over the years in our marriage, you know, she she might say something like, "It's been a while since you've asked me what I need." Mm. You know, and every time something like that happens, it's a wake up call Mm. to to be more attentive to the other. Right? Yeah, because when you're dating, there's this is really interesting to me actually to think about dating days, you know, back when we were just focused on, you know, our individual lives, but then on dating and discerning and stuff like that, like you wouldn't, I would not go a couple of weeks without going on a date night. What? Like that, we're not even dating, you know, like how is that even possible? We're not even dating, but we go because we have a busy travel schedule and because we have a busy life, you like, and we don't even have kids yet. So I hate even saying that because I know it's going to be even crazier. But we will go weeks without having an actual date night now, you know, but we would never have done that when we were dating. We would never have let that slide. Or there's other things that we would never have like not done. But now that we're married, it, you're so right. Like it can, it's so easy to just get comfortable um, with where it is. But something that we talk about a lot is like marriage is work, it takes work and it takes sometimes you being selfish for your relationship or at least what might seem like selfishness to other people who maybe aren't in marriage or um, who don't understand like what's happening in your life to take time out to, to be intentional with each other or take a vacation with each other or just connect with one another. Um, It might seem selfish, but it's not like if you are not, really trying to invest in your relationship and realize like, okay, it takes work. Like, let's talk about like what's working lately. What's not like how, like, honestly, honestly talking about it every month or so and having an honest conversation about it, you could so easily fall into the trap of just like, well, we're comfortable and we're just kind of getting by, but you don't want to just have a marriage. that's just getting by. You want to have a marriage that's thriving, you know, (laughs) it's a living, breathing thing. And you have to feed it and you have to take care of it and you have to be cognizant of it and actively working on it. And I know that it looks completely different for people who are married with kids and married and one of them travels a ton. And I mean, it looks different for everybody, but 
you still have to work at it, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a, look, it's a beautiful thing. And your song, this song makes me remember Mm. uh, that it's a beautiful thing. And that's why I'm glad that it exists Mm. because I can listen to it and I can remember why I fell in love with my wife in the first place. Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing that with me. It means a lot. It's a special song for sure. And hopefully, and that's the thing about it is like, I wrote it just for my husband and I, but hopefully uh, I'm impressed even just personally and for other people, hopefully it, it can be a companion for them too in the journey and just affirm, affirm marriages. It was a storm But we stood and braved the heavy skies You and I And we waited out the clouds Sought the sun until it met our eyes You and I Choose to love I will choose to
choose to follow and I do not know the way I will choose your If you enjoyed my conversation with Sarah, be sure to check out more of her music. Her latest full-length album is called Bloom. Its soundscape is rich, its lyrics offer hope, and her voice shines. It's available on all the digital stores, apps, and platforms. And you can learn more about her and buy merch at sarahkroger.com. If you're interested in my own music and have never really heard it, you can find it in all the regular places too, and on my own website, kevinheider.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting it on Patreon at patreon.com slash song and story. Every little bit helps. Be sure to follow Sarah Kroger, myself, Kevin Heider, and Song and Story on social media. Thank you for listening. Because you still are, here's a little bonus clip. Hey everyone, it's Sarah Kroger. I am based in Nashville, Tennessee, and this is a song called I Choose You. I put it out in about... Nope, I messed it up. (laughs) This whole time I've been talking just fine, and now when I have to do something on the spot, I get all fumbled. Okay. Hey everyone, it's Sarah Kroger. I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee, and this is a song I released a few years ago called I Choose You. Perfect. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> tell Dom tell Dom I said hi and tell him I said Mazel Tov on the tat. Use the use those words exactly. I will. Mazel Tov on the tat. Mazel Tov on the tat. All right. I will. Thanks, Kevin. Cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. All right. Bye. I fell in love with a girl from Frederick and For almost two years she ran from me When I finally turned to walk in a new direction She said maybe we can try 